0: we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. I'm your host, Mandy Colkman. This podcast sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans that bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne, discover tips on being your most creative self, and hear about upcoming events in the arts community. We are back once again in the Fillmore on Broadway, an Art Deco-style theater and event venue located in the 46807, and joining us today... From the electronic pop instrumental band Metavari, is writer and producer Nate Utesh and their bassist Ty Brenneman. And those who have been tuning into my podcast hear Metavari's song See Again as my opener and my closer to Art to Heart. I'm very thankful to them for letting me use it. My introduction to Metavari was pretty special. The dance company I perform with, Dance Contemporary, has used pieces of Metavari's Moonless track for a few of our performances. And the very first time I was in the same room as these two, they were playing live at Wunderkammer for a guest speaker while I got to perform. And it's always a treat to perform to a live band, especially a band of their caliber. And today I look forward to learning more about you guys and sharing what we learn with today's listeners. So let's dive in. How would you guys describe Metavari sound to those who are unfamiliar to your music?
1: We are electronic. As you said, we prove to be true in our music for the most part. We're not dance music. Sometimes people think of electronic music as being kind of long DJ sets of dance music, and we have more kind of rock song structures in our music with verse choruses and starts and finishes. Big influence in sounds from like the 70s and 80s in our music. But for the most part, uh, we're just an electronic
0: group. Very cool. And also, Ty, can you tell us who our little buddy here is? We've got a little guest with us today. So those adorable little noises that you hear are (laughs) here on purpose.
2: This is is Raleigh. Uh, He has some honeydew. So (laughs) if you hear some hilarious eating sounds, that is a child
0: eating. And he's showing us the honeydew as we talk yeah. about this right now. When you think of a band, you think of instruments. What instruments do you guys use to create your music?
1: By and large, our music is created with synthesizers and drum machines that we sequence and record with. Um, and then in addition to that, live, we kind of have a unusual setup where sometimes Ty will play bass live. We have a drummer that plays live occasionally. And then... Just kind of figuring out how to take those sequences and synthesizers that we used in the studio and program them live or loop them or perform arrangements from the tracks live using controllers and kind of like lightweight MIDI controllers and synths.
2: I would also say that even though they're on, on the last track, there's not a lot of lyrics, there's still some vocals being used as instruments whether it's being cut up and spliced mm. or uh heavily affected yes. i feel like the vocals are used more as an instrument than a traditional mm. vocals yeah for sure
0: so for example in the song heavy love those vocals are those actually instruments or are those a person
1: so in that song it's like this combination of a person singing and then um Mm -hmm. our friend Burke Sullivan is singing Mm -hmm. and then I'm singing along with him through a vocoder Mm -hmm. that's synthesizing my vocals Mm -hmm. and I'm doing something called shifting the formant of my vocals to change the sex of my vocals as I'm singing on top of Burke Mm -hmm. so it ends up um, having this weird effect where it goes from like high notes to low notes without changing the pitch kind of sounds robotic like so, in in that case, it's like this weird combination of live vocals and an instrument that's being sung. but then, like, as an example of what Ty was talking about in the song "Spirit Temper," we cut up vocals and assigned it to keys on a drum machine and performed the spliced vocals by hand, so it became more of like a like a percussive instrument from samples of a woman's voice. It was kind of crazy. <laughs>
0: Metavar uses light installations and projections as part of the performance. Why is the added visual an important aspect of your live performance?
1: Yeah, we've been you doing at least projections since the band's conception, for sure. You know, we used to be a lot more instrumental than we are now and even a lot more landscapy And it was kind of this added element to help kind of bring the tone of the show or the vibe, the emotion, the storytelling to have this other visual element, this other element of like multimedia going on. Um, And helps, like, bring the attention off of us because we are not, you know, like, showmen as much as just kind of performing. But then as we've changed, the video element has stayed as important to us as it always has. But we've kind of gotten better at building these kind of visual collages almost in unison with the music that really feel in sync and kind of can grab in, like, a colorful way or in a really glitchy way uh, different moments of the music to feel better in unison and then the addition of lights whether it's like pre-programmed lights or now ty if he's not playing bass guitar he's doing those light sequences by hand during a show so it's this weird element where ty is performing something that you can't hear but you can see which is just bizarre we
2: like that we're doing that adding that element oh. to the show I think also there was something that happened in the mid to late 90s, more late 90s in music where a lot of the bands that we were into were doing things with video, whether yeah. it was just playing along with a VHS or yeah, yeah. you know there there being bands that had i guess a huge budget that could do crazy things with video. I think that just growing up seeing those bands doing these different things realizing that that was something that's possible for us to do, we thought, well, why, why wouldn't we yeah, do that, totally. you know?
1: Can I eat it? Can I eat a shoe?
0: How long does it take you guys to put together a song?
1: Oh, man. That's something that varies severely. There are kind of two versions of this band. Like We used to be very much kind of rock-oriented, oh. drums bass, guitars. We would get together in a room and write a song together really traditionally and then in the studio add electronics to it. And now we're kind of very much like a laptop producer kind of band where things are written by one or two people alone in a basement with a laptop and then brought to the band and kind of embellished from there. So it's faster in a lot of ways now, but I think we are trying to find that balance between like how to not write in silos and still write together all four of us even though we have this kind of like laptop producer thing happening. But like as an example, the last two songs we wrote were a single and a B-side called oh diane and josie's lament and each one of those songs were written in a period of about 48 hours so super quick but then our last full-length moonless was written on and off over like a three year period i would say that's because we were kind of getting a handle on building instruments and kind of designing the sound we wanted and getting it a hang of like working together in that way and it took a really long time and then kind of after that was solidified working on oh diane took no time at all so i think things will be faster now i don't know that we'll write a song a day but
0: wow three years for moonless
1: yeah <laughs> it's a little brutal
0: yeah and uh, i think we're gonna say goodbye to ty and raleigh they're gonna step out uh it was great having little raleigh here <laughs> it was his first podcast eating his melon <laughs> eating his melon <laughs> Where does your inspiration for a song come from? Do melodies just come to you or do you discover them? How does that process happen?
1: Yeah, I, w- I think that there are probably a couple ways it works for us. Sometimes we can get really lucky and kind of hear a melody or a theme and work it out, you know, as quickly as possible in an instrument and then figure out if that instrument was right, or if there's something else. Um, sometimes we kind of... It's more of this abstract kind of mood or story that kind of comes to us. And it's like, well, as an example, this is really bizarre, but there's a song on Moonless called Neuromancer. And before the song was written, we had this idea that we wanted to tell of like a woman waking up from a dream where the earth was flooding. And it's in the future. And she's telling her computer about her dream and her dream is analyzing it.
0: So that's, that's what
1: the song Neuromancer is about. Even though there are no lyrics, there's nothing visual to tell you that. But we knew that that's what the song was. Wow. So we wrote that with that feeling. And at the end of the song, uh, the world ends up flooding. And there's just kind of this feeling that like everything was washed over and becomes still. And then like ramps back up again. It's, it's strange. It's, it's abstract and it's kind of like too touchy-feely. But like sometimes that's how a song is written. <laughs> and that becomes like a cool way to incorporate all four of us. Where are now a lot of the writing is done solo or one or two people. But we can kind of all pile up on a story or themes or like notes in that way.
0: Is your purpose when you create music, are you trying to provoke a certain emotion from your listeners? Or is it more for you?
1: Yeah, interesting. I I think early on, it really was kind of this unspoken idea that we were going to be instrumental and we wanted to have like these emotions of like hope and sadness in our music and wanted it to be kind of open-ended, open for interpretation and all those things. And now, I mean, it still very much is that we hope that our music does invoke a lot of emotions and is open for interpretation, but... I think we're enjoying writing things that are a little more tangible and are dancey and have lyrics so the stories may be more obvious at times. And playing shows with the songs off of Moonless, we're finding that a lot of people are dancing. There are some shows when most of the room is dancing. And it's just an amazing feeling and so different from where we were that now, as we've been writing, sometimes we're writing with dance in the forefront of our minds Mm -hmm. rather than a story, which is conflicting and fun. And I think it'll always change and be weird, but we hope that with the music that that remains to be kind of cinematic and instrumental that people attach a story to it, whether it's their own or becomes a soundtrack for that moment that they're listening, because that's something that we all do and really think is important in that kind of music.
0: Do you think by making your music more relatable to an audience by adding in actual vocals or making it a little bit more upbeat? Are you changing the integrity of your art at all?
1: Arguably, maybe some people
0: would say that.
1: I think that if we were doing it because we saw that it was making more money or like we were getting more attention or something, then maybe that would be in question. But I think it was just this natural evolution of we all love dance music and we all love synthesizers. And we're getting to a place where we're able to write that easier and are getting better at it. And our music has just changed drastically because of it. And there's pushback. Like, there's people, not that we have that many fans, but there are people that really liked our old music that aren't a fan of what's happening now. And that's just the nature of changing our style. Um, But On the other side, there's a a lot of people that have really responded positively to what we're doing now. And it's really encouraging.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about Dance Contemporary's role in maybe your performances or even maybe with your creation of upcoming songs. I know it's been a pleasure for us to dance alongside you guys to actually dance to live music that is being played versus a track it is very different experience than uh, yeah. anything else I could ex- describe. I've danced if with orchestras plenty and that's amazing too there's nothing like that but just a random question does dance contemporary have any influence on you when you're either playing or when you're thinking about other things to create
1: oh for sure i'm i'm glad you brought that up it's been a dream for a long time of ours like like we've always said with songs like i oh, would to be cool if there were dancers you know whether it's like ballet or something more interpretive or whatever experimental and all of a sudden kind of crossing paths and the stars lining and getting to do that was, like, amazing. And a kind of an emotional experience for us, too, because the songs we were playing we had really worked on for a long time, and there's just kind of a lot of, of our own story behind it, and then getting to see these people's interpretation of that in dance, something that we don't do and haven't ever done. You know, it kind of felt like this new, insane, I don't know, Other instrument happening, you know, from the lights and the synthesizers and the video and now like bodies moving specifically because of the music we had written and interpreting it was just like crazy. And we think about it a lot like with new music and things going on, like how,
0: especially now as
1: music's become more dancy, like people, it's not the same kind of dancing, but as people are dancing to it, thinking about how not just we would influence someone and in what they're thinking or kind of like the soundtrack to their day, but how they're literally moving is this really bizarre concept that I don't think we would have thought about as much as we do now if it weren't for a dance contemporary for sure.
0: Very interesting. You sound really passionate about your work. What does music mean to you? What influence does it have on your everyday life?
1: Man, music is such a weird thing. I I'm kind of just making this up but i feel like (laughs) making it (laughs) like people like everyone has like art that they like or don't like and you can see like a, a visual art and have an opinion about it but i think the general public respects an artist for just the fact that they made something but music is this weird beast where like No matter who you are and your creative, or even your creative abilities or what you think your creative abilities are, you probably have a really strong opinion about music that you maybe would not have with visual art. Mm -hmm. And it puts like a weird pressure on music and people that make music because if someone doesn't like your painting, you may not ever hear about it, but you're definitely going to hear about it if you make
0: music, (laughs) which is
1: weird and uncomfortable and sometimes terrible terrible. Yeah. yeah so like and getting to do that getting to put that kind of work out into the wild is crazy and living in a day and age where anyone can do it anyone can make music anyone can start a label anyone can have music on iTunes is amazing but now everyone is also a deeper critic than they were and we're sensitive people you know it's hard to read negative things and not let that influence what you're doing but at the same time just feel really lucky to be able to make music fully how we want to without breaking the bank. Like that's we also live in a world where everyone's making music because they just can and it's affordable and it's kind of beautiful. That's what I love about music for sure.
0: For someone beginning to dabble in a new craft or maybe even dabble in music, what advice would you have for them?
1: Talking about the fact that everyone's a critic, that everyone is able to put things online, like the world is just so very different right now. It's really easy to get caught in like gauging success on things like likes and plays and follows. And maybe that's a necessary evil, but it's also just can be really disgusting. And we fall prey to gauging success on things like that for sure. It's almost impossible not to. It's embarrassing, but it's a thing. And I think Um, just not forgetting what brings you joy in what you're making and letting that kind of guide you and be the the, the reason why you're doing it because of the joy that it has. And if there's a strange gauge for success that parallels on, in like social media, fine. But if there's not, to just not be discouraged by those kinds of things and letting like just the joy that it brings you be the reason why you're doing it. I mean, like we have been a band for a long time. Uh, eight years and we're not on a label we've never been signed we've never had like a tour that brought us you know a crazy amount of money that like put us in the black from a big project we were working on uh, we don't have a booking agent like we've experienced a lot of failures in our pursuits for things um, and it's been really hard at times to like interpret that as like oh we shouldn't be doing this or we're not going to like make it whatever that means making it Mm, and i think this year we've just kind of really realized that like we're in our 30s like we're not going to have a career in music and the reason why we're doing it was and is because of the joy it brings to us as friends and as people and that's why we're going to continue to do it using the vehicles and tools that like this modern world has at our fingertips to keep making music and putting it out there Mm -hmm. and as successes come we'll take them and be really proud of it and if they don't that's all right we'll just keep Mm -hmm. moving and see what happens and I guess being able to say like you know what if this doesn't bring me joy anymore being okay not doing it or changing what you're doing and not being distracted by gauging those successes on Mm -hmm. silly things like a heart or a like
0: yeah I mean you want to make it big that would probably always be the goal but in this day and age, not everybody's going to like you, yeah, and yeah. you just can't be a true artist and be true to yourself if you're trying to appeal to the crowd, and you just got to do it for you. And yeah, for sure. Who else is in the band that we're missing today?
1: So, in addition to myself and Ty Brenneman, uh, drummer Andrew McComas, and then Kyle Steary, who also writes and plays guitar and
0: synthesizer. Awesome. I'm going to take this opportunity now that Ty has left and now that we know the other members of Metavari <laughs> to ask you to tell us a little bit about your other band members. Can you give us a really good on the road story?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind thinking of like weird situations we've gotten ourselves in or weird shows that we've played was this one super bizarre show. It was a house show. I honestly don't remember the state. North of Texas, <laughs> and it was like in a like a quaint subdivision, and yet the house was like this crazy like Adams family house with like so many children, okay. and everyone was very like eccentric and bizarre. And in the backyard, they had built like this haphazard farm and had a pig wandering and like a really beat up half pipe that. Like that we were allowed to skate in and like all these kids came over for the show and like they made everybody spaghetti dinner and it was just hilarious. And I like, think the basement was designed to house bands. There's uh, different rooms and bunk beds and a shower. But <laughs> the ridiculous story from this night was like we're playing in this living room and people were dancing and there's this dude that kept wanting to get on stage with us and sing, kept asking <laughs> if he could have a microphone. Um, and it was like, you're, you don't know who he is. You don't know if the crowd or the family knows him, but he, he seemed a little bizarre. Like if we didn't yeah. let him, it might get a little rough. Ugly. <laughs> so finally, like near the end of the show, he was just like shouting, like, give me a mic. Like, let me sing already. <clears throat> so in a dancier song, and there's a uh, big beat, we gave him the microphone. And he hops up on stage and starts rapping, my lady, she gets with your lady over and, <laughs> over and over and over again. And it became this joke the whole tour that we would constantly rap my lady gets with your lady. And to this day, it's just like this stupid lyric that gets stuck in our heads from this weird night of this dude like rapping on stage. It's so like what we thought was really like chill, peaceful music. And oh then he's gosh. like shouting this to the crowd. That uh, was a I don't know why I thought fantastic. of that story, but that's, uh, <laughs> that house, that night was just like something that's, we come back to all the time because it was so bizarre.
0: And my lady will be the name of your next album, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. In parentheses, it gets with your link.
0: Yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nate, where can we find Metavari's music?
1: We are lucky to be on all the streaming channels. You can think of Spotify, Radio, um, iTunes, SoundCloud. But you can link to everything from our website, which is just Metavari.com. Um, if you go to the footer or the info page of Metavari.com, there's a link to everything you need to know. <laughs>
0: And we can find you on Facebook,
1: yep, Twitter, for sure,
0: Instagram.
1: Yep, our username, our on most everything is just simply Metavari, except for Instagram, which is underscore Metavari, because someone took it.
0: Oh no! <laughs> and even though we talked about likes and hearts not necessarily <laughs> influencing their music, feel free to give them a like <laughs> or a heart or a listen.
1: Always boost our self-esteem, which is a good thing.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being here today, Nate. We really appreciate it. And thank you, Ty, (laughs) who's no longer here. And cute little Raleigh. You you guys really should have seen him with the melon. Or actually, it was honeydew, which is a lot melon. Yeah,
1: picture just a a chubby little redhead chowing down on some honeydew.
0: Oh, the cutest. (laughs) We'll sign off today with a quote from Michael Jackson, an inspirational musical figure to the band To live is to be musical starting with the blood dancing in your veins. Everything living has a rhythm. Do you feel your music? And that's a wrap.